Good morning, everybody. This is Dean with Two Party Podcast. Uh, just want to give a quick little update. Uh, a huge story um, for some, maybe not for others. Uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away. Um, I, you know, for for the sake of of my own sanity uh, and for the sake of, of many others out there, uh, this lady was revolutionary in her accomplishments. Uh, so my... my my prayers go out for her family. My prayers go out to uh, those who cared about her. Um, you know, that's anybody to, uh, losing somebody. It, it's tragic. And um, the nation as a whole, uh, whether you agreed with the, with the politics of her party or what she believed uh, as a whole or not, uh, this lady really was revolutionary uh, to our time and, and her time in the Supreme Court. So I wanted to take this time just to, to bring that headline to our audience. I'm sure most people have already heard the news. It's uh, from the left. They're saying, you know, don't politicize this uh, and don't elect someone. And from the right, you know, uh, they're saying, go ahead. Let, let's just move forward and get a vote, get Trump's uh, appointment out there. Um, and, I, and I, you know, I agree. Um, it's there's no need to wait to fill that seat. Uh, we all knew she was sick. We all knew probably o over a year ago, I think, really all during Trump's um, administration for the past four years, we've known that Ginsburg has not been well. She's been in and out of the Supreme Court. She's had a lot of medical leave, um, you know, dealing with the cancer and stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, life goes on, um, you know, and the judicial system doesn't wait for anyone. And, you know, I keep hearing these, uh, I keep hearing how we hear these talking points from the media uh, or from left or right wing that, you know, certain cases should be held up until after the election. Uh, certain, uh, for one, a prime example is the Durham case, the, the Department of Justice investigating the Russian hoax. Um, that everybody's, you know, on the left is, uh, you know, uh, Kamala Harris just came out and made an announcement about it. Um, she's at, they're actually, the Democrats are now pushing an investigation with justice department, trying to get Horowitz to, uh, investigate the, uh, whether Durham and, and Barr are actually, you know, staying in compliance to the justice, uh, criteria of investigation as far as announcements, uh, in an open investigation. So there's just all kinds of throw the mud, see what sticks, just whatever we can do to obstruct, distract, cause problems for this administration. Um, but, you know, I look at that from the flip side is these people are attacking our justice system. Um, they're overwhelming our justice system with these frivolous lawsuits and frivolous investigations, but they are also uh, obstructing the administration. They are keeping law enforcement from focusing on, on things that really matter. Um, and they're, they're misusing our, our, our justice system. Uh, we saw that with the initial uh, Russian hoax thing and, uh, you know, investigating uh, Donald Trump before the election even began spying on him. And uh, they're just misusing our, our lawmakers uh, on the mainly what I'm hearing on the left. But that's not to say it's not going on on the right. Uh, just misusing our, our justice system and our departments and our agencies that are in place to protect and serve uh, the citizens, uh, not to protect and serve, uh, not that it doesn't, but not to protect and serve the lawmakers who are the ones making the stupid laws 
that these systems are based on. Uh, so that being said, I just wanted to touch on the Ruth, Ruth uh, Ginsburg thing. Um, it, how does it affect me? It, it, you know, it affects everybody when, when we lose uh, some, somebody who has, uh, I guess you could say, moral turpitude that she had. Um, this lady was, you know, she, she's revolutionary. I'm going to read a few things real quick just for people that don't really know too much about her. Um, she was born Joan Ruth uh, Ginsburg. Uh, she she fought, you know, uh, tirelessly for gender equality under the law. Uh, she battled sexism in her own life and career. She juggled motherhood. Uh, she was a caring uh, caring and caring for her cancer stricken husband. So unfortunately, sadly, she went through this, you know, taking care of her husband. Um, and then she became a, a Supreme Court justice. Um, but, you know, I'm going to scroll through this article. Now, this article, if you want to read it, is on www.rd.com. Uh, it's an article on Ruth Ginsburg's 15. It has just lists 15 of her accomplishments. So one, one of the, you know, I'm just going to start from the top and read them down real quick. Um, I know a lot of people probably don't want to don't care to hear this, but, you know, this lady really does have some achievements that are just astounding. So she graduated first in her class from Columbia Law School. Um, and, and that's huge for the day and age 1954. OK, 1954, there was a lot of we, we didn't have the civil rights uh, accomplishments we do have have now the accomplishments for women uh, as well as race. And that's a huge accomplishment just to graduate from a college back then and succeed in Columbia Law School the way she did. Uh, she tied first in her class, which is even more of an accomplishment. She battled and overcame sexism personally. Um, she dealt with uh, her, her educational victories were, weren't without struggle. Ginsburg comes from a generation of women who had to be three times better than men in order to, to get half the recognition of the average man. This was surely her experience at Harvard and Columbia. Um, I would agree with that. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm taking this article for, for uh, you know, what it's worth, but, um, you know, it does kind of give a little extra cush. But at the end of the day, I, I would agree with that statement. Uh, she lived in an era. That's what a lot of people and a lot of the young uh, generation right now don't understand is there was the, the different generations in past and the different eras we lived through. <clears throat> um, this era she lived through, yes, it was very sexist. It was very, um, you know, the wife's supposed to stay home, take care of the kids, cook and shut up. And uh, I'm glad we don't live in that day and age. Um, it, it's, you know, not not just holding women down, but at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, any human being, any being in general. Uh, I don't even care if it's your pet. I mean, show love uh, and respect. So she did battle that. Um, so I would agree with that. So that side of the article, she, you know, she did have to overcome sexism. Um, she was the first person on both the Harvard and Columbia law reviews. Now, why is that important? When you get into one of these law reviews, um, it, it kind of gives you gives you a foundation and a footing in the legal world as an attorney. Um, and, and so to be able to get in both, which were revered as the best, Harvard's always heard and known as, you know, the best law school. And so Columbia and Harvard, both, she got into the law reviews. Um, that's amazing, you know, for, especially again, back in the time where, uh, very rare for a woman to make that accomplishment. She became the, the second female law professor at Rutgers and fought for equal pay. So, you know, we hear about this equal pay thing coming up where, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, you know, everybody at McDonald's needs to make 15 an hour, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's deeper than that. It's, it's about women being able to make the same wages as men. And I'm not saying across the board, everyone should, if, if you're, if, 
if you're a C, let's not say CEO, if you're an assistant manager and you have a male and a female assistant manager position, and they're both enacting the same quality and uh, of work ethic, uh, they deserve to be equally paid, okay? If you have an assistant manager, uh, both male and female, and, and one is doing more than the other, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that person deserves more. A lot of people base it on education, and I'm sorry, I've seen a lot of educated, stupid people that cannot manage a business. So I like to believe it's a, it's about work performance, and I know a lot of people disagree with that. Uh, you can get all the degrees you want, but if you don't work hard like other people in your trade and field, I don't believe you deserve any more uh, equal or more pay than anybody else. You deserve what your work performance shows. And that's my stance on it. Um, so anyhow, she, you know, she she stood up. Uh, she got equal. She started fighting for equal pay. So she was a Jewish woman and a mother. The first raised uh, the first one, obviously, raised an eyebrow. She's Jewish. And the second, the third, uh, the third made made her, she says, made me indubitably inadmissible. Um, so as a woman, eventually she became a hand, uh, one of a handful of women law professors in the country when she was hired in 1963. Rutgers Law School. But as a second, as the second female law professor there, she still had to fight pay equality. When asked why a male counterpart would, was being paid more, the dean replied, Ruth, he has a wife and two children to support. You have a husband and a good paying job in New York. Uh, that was very, that was the very year that the Equal, Equal Pay Act had passed. That was, uh, that was the answer I got. So, she and other female employees filed an Equal Pay Act complaint, and they won. So, you know, interesting. Um, this lady fought hard. She, she fought hard for the things she believed in. She, she was very passionate about things that she felt were wrong and needed fixed or, or that felt she could fix in the world. So next note they put in here is uh, she co-founded the first law journal on women's rights. Again, you know, if it wasn't for this woman, her being one of the many women, uh, that started the push for, for women's rights and equal women's rights, um, th there wouldn't be one. You know, you, you'd still be dealing with the same bias, nonsense, uh, gender, you know, dealing with gender from male to female. Um, so that that's a huge accomplishment. She became the first tenured female law professor at Columbia. So again, in a, in a day and age where women just got rights, there's still a biased, let's say bigoted, opinion of women should stay home in the kitchen and take care of the kids back in this day and age. Um, here in 1972, she became, she joined in the faculty uh, to become the first uh, tenured women law uh, professor at Columbia, uh, which is amazing. And it says, it is so important for students to see themselves reflected in the person standing at the front of the room. The pressure of the, of, on Professor Ginsburg to be an exemplar for her sex were surely weighty. It never e it was never easy being the first and only representative of the class of your class of people. Um, so um, very interesting. And again, this is www.rd.com if you want to read through this. I'm not. I'm just kind of scaling through the headlines, mainly giving you some tips here off off the just some of the highlights. Uh, she she also co-founded. This is one I didn't even know. I mean, I knew she was involved, but I did not know she was a co-founder of the Women's Right Project uh, at ACLU. So the Women's Right Project at ACLU is an organization that began referring sex discrimination cases to her. Uh, she took up the mantle of litigating gender inequality cases and measured conservative baby steps, tackling one law at a time. 
because she thought radical change would be so much uh, would be too much too soon. But still, she decided her growing uh, was growing into the role as one of the 30 women pioneers who changed the world. As as we feminists like to say, the personal uh, is in the political uh, is the political, especially so for RBG. So interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, she argued six cases before the Supreme Court and won five. That's astonishing. If you're if you're uh, into you know what how attorneys battle and how they they go through um, trials, trial lawyers. Uh, if you're into that type of stuff, you know how big of an accomplishment it is to go up against the Supreme Court and win five of your six cases. That's amazing. Uh, that one loss means nothing when you've made five wins against the Supreme Court with a decision. Uh, so she became the first female Jewish Supreme Court justice. So again, you know, she's she's battling the women's equal rights. She's also a Jewish uh, uh, descent, and she becomes the first Supreme Court justice uh, as a woman and or Jewish. So absolutely amazing accomplishment there as well. Um, <clears throat> says early on, my mom followed my dad to New York, and later on, he followed her to Washington. Uh, son James Ginsburg, who was born in 1965, uh, made that statement. She's one of only four female justices in history. Um, <clears throat> so again, back to you know one of four. That that in itself is an accomplishment and a title. You know, uh, she had had in the year of our Lord removed from the Supreme Court bar certificates. Every year they would get half a dozen or so complaints of the Orthodox Jews who said. We're so proud of our membership in the Supreme Court bar, but we can't we can't frame our certificate and put it on the wall because it says in the year of our Lord and he's not our Lord. Um, <clears throat> it's not good enough for Ginsburg. Uh, da, 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 da. Now it's the, the way it should be. It's your choice. So, you know, she fought for, you know, the beliefs of her people, the, Jew, the Orthodox Jews. So, you know, again, uh, passionate about what she believed. Um, it, it was something that that she felt affected her and her people religiously. Uh, it was something that that they wanted to be proud of their their achievements and getting these certificates. But you know the fact that you're a member and you can't hang it on your wall because of your your religious beliefs is you know <clears throat> that deserves to be protected. And and she did so. Um, again, whether you agree or not, she she gained notice for her impassioned dissents. So you know she had many opinions but also very fiery dissents, uh, political questions that, um, let's see, in her dissent, she wrote and later took to reading out loud from the bench, um, which was something she was known for when she would do her dissent. She would literally read them out loud. Uh, it was something she, she was just known for uh, that broke the legal tradition and even called upon Congress to change unfair laws. Uh, Ledbetter versus Goodyear Tire and Rubber. In, in this case, the majority found that the female complaint uh, plaintiff's complaint to sex-based pay discrimination was not valid because the statute of limitations had run out. She found out about it after working there many years. Justice Ginsburg's dissent for uh, four members of the court was a classic example of justice educating her colleagues. Um, Ginsburg, uh, Frank says, Ginsburg explained to the other members of the court, as well as the public, how discrimination works, pointing out how ludicrous the majority's approach to the law was in light of how discrimination operates in the world. Uh, in 2009, President Obama signed the Lilly Ledbetter Fair Pay Act, which relaxed the statutes of limitation on fair pay complaints and became one of the mo uh, one of the moments that changed women's history. I like to think most of my dissents will be the law someday. 
um, she really firmly believed in what she believed in, and she she gave it her all to make sure she could get she could be heard, and that all the voices of the people that agreed with her could be heard. Um, very interesting. Uh, she was the first justice to officiate a same-sex marriage. That I didn't know. Um, I think that's you know maybe that's why she gets a lot of support from that community. And hey, the, the more power to you. You know, if that's what you do, uh, I, I have nothing against uh, anybody in that community. Uh, but I do feel, you know, uh, I have my beliefs. You have yours. And we should respect each other's beliefs. And uh, I have plenty of family, friends uh, that are, are gay, lesbian. Uh, doesn't bother me a bit. Loved them. Still love them. Loved them for life. Um, they love me. We, we look out and respect each other. Uh, when, when things get bad, we're there for each other. At the end of the day, I did not know that she was one of the first to officiate a same-sex marriage. So just another fact that's, that's very interesting. Um, she and her daughter became the first mother-daughter to teach on the same law faculty. Man, again, just, just an a unknown fact. I didn't know that. It's kind of huge. She's the only Supreme Court justice to become a pop culture icon. You know, I mean, they, they threw that in at the tail end of the article. I don't know. Don't really care for that side of it. But uh, the lady had an amazing career. Okay, whether you believe it or, uh, you know, if you believe in her or, or if you want to put it on party lines, no matter what she stood, she stood at the Supreme Court. And a lot of people said she swayed to the left, which I guess if your beliefs are conservative or to the right, then, yes, you would say that. Um, but she she always ruled fair. It seems um, there is a lot of people are talking about. um I guess her being some of the things she she ruled on as far as abortion and stuff like that. A lot of people feel that she was maybe part of the reason why there were so many um, black abortions. Okay, that's a hot topic uh, I'm seeing on the news all over now. Uh, but and, and that's kind of some memes on some of the social media. You know, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get too far into that. But I'm also not gonna lump this lady into uh, being responsible for an adult going and getting an abortion. Um, and, and I'm also not going to say that, you know, the, the child or teenager that went and got the abortion, uh, this lady's responsible for, uh, she, she may be responsible for the laws that, that were put in place that allowed abortion, which I don't agree with. Uh, it is just not something I've ever really agreed it, agreed with, but I don't see where, uh, people are going to hold that, um, over this lady's head. And so to me, that's just hate. OK, you're just you're looking for a reason to hate and be envious and, and continue divisive uh, talk and communication about a lady who you really don't know anything about. Um, so that being said, uh, moving forward with what I was getting into is uh, we, we we're now hearing that, that Trump's wanting to push forward and McConnell is wanting to push forward in the Senate and, and get somebody nominated in in her seat. Uh, and I was get it, starting to get into that before I started getting into some of these accomplishments of hers. I feel it is the right time. <clears throat> I feel like if you had a, a Democratic president right now and a Democratic-led Senate, uh, we would see the same action. OK, we we uh, there's a quote I read earlier from Hillary Clinton back when um, uh, Scalia was uh, or, yeah, I, Scalia, I believe, uh, was getting appointed in, in the Obama era. And Hillary Clinton said, you know, this that Obama wants to put in this person and the Senate needs to do their job and make the vote. OK, um, I 100 percent agree with her opinion. So if if there is uh, right now we have an empty seat 
And you can't have an empty seat on the Supreme Court. You can't have it where if there's a ruling where it's a split decision, it needs to be there needs to be a, a judgment made. Okay, it's our highest court, so we can't leave the seat vacant. Okay, we're not. And and a lot of people are saying, well, we need to do this till after the election. We need to leave the seat vacant. Uh, the wheels of justice never seem to stop turning. I've heard that my whole life. I believe it. Okay, cases, child molesters, murderers. Uh, can people convicted of crimes in a federal court or any court are going to continue committing crimes. Uh, the, if we say that we have to stop our judicial system from enacting or working for a period of time because of a political, an election or any other kind of political or something that would sway and or be used to sway uh, our judicial system, um, it, not allowed. It's not OK. It's not acceptable. Um, so the wheels of justice have to continue. If you own a business and you lose somebody, lose an employee, uh, are you going to stop your business, you know, and say, well, this project's going on, um, it's coming up this huge project. So we're just not going to hire someone until after this project's, you know, decided or done. No, you don't do that to be efficient and, and run a business and operate. Uh, you have to have people in place to do that job. And that is one. This is one of the highest offices of our judicial system. It is the highest office. And you have to have someone in place. You have to have someone there. I'm not arguing and fighting for, for the conservative side of it. I'm, I'm arguing the point that you don't leave a seat vacant in the Supreme Court where you can have a tie or split that can that can affect the outcome of someone's life. That can be a decision or a choice made in the Supreme Court that can literally change our whole world. Um, we need to fill that seat. Um, if it was, again, if this was Democratic leadership and executive branch going on uh, in the Senate, uh, we would see that seat filled immediately. Uh, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. I, you can, they can say whatever they want to say politically. But the fact of the matter is this is an opportunity that, that both sides are going to or would jump on no matter who is sitting in the office or sitting in the Senate ruling. So that being said, they need to fill the seat, okay? Uh, politically, this, you know, that this has become a whole like you can't use the Supreme Court for political reasons, blah, blah, blah. This isn't a political reason. This is, again, just like running a business. You have to have someone in this position. So the way I see it and the way I'm, I'm looking at this is with completely unbiased eyes. I'm looking at this from both sides of the aisle. And I get that one side doesn't want it. And I get that one side's all for it. But at the end of the day, me being unbiased and being with an open mind, like most people are not these days, and using some common sense, we have to have our justice system in, in place, and we have to have it in all these seats full. And that goes for every small court, local, state. That goes for, you know, you can't just stop um, convictions or cases from being tried or being appealed because a lady passes away in an election year. That's just absurd. Uh, it's absurd. It's political, um, period. Um, and then the, the, the thing that kind of makes me disgusted is the people saying, well, it was her last words. Um, you know, they should do this to honor her last words because her last words were not to fill the vacancy till after the election. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not buying into it. Uh, I just, you know, she was a very wise woman and that may have been a topic that was brought up between her and amongst family, uh, or management. Uh, someone working around her. That may have been a discussion that was brought up, but I, I don't think that that's something that we need to weigh 
um, if she was sitting on the bench and made that decision and that that statement, I think we could weigh that out as as kind of uh, maybe like one of her dissents. But you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't feel that in her personal life and her personal opinion and belief should be brought into the realm of how to decide and when to decide her successor. And uh, it's big shoes to fill for whoever gets that seat. Um, but at the end of the day, whoever gets that seat um, has a job of their own to do. Um, and, and to take the role in the Supreme Court, you have to be completely open-minded and unbiased. You, you, can't, you can't favor your party, although we see a lot of that. A lot of people question John Roberts and uh, some of his stuff. But, you know, I'm just I'm putting it out there that, that that's how I feel about the situation. We need this seat filled. Uh, period, point blank. Uh, it needs to be filled for our justice system, uh, not for political reasons. Uh, it is a great time to do it, unfortunately, with the loss of Ruth uh, Ginsburg. So on that note, I'm going to kind of get, I'm going to kind of break off of here. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of news going to be coming out of this. This is, uh, you could almost say this is the thing we needed to kind of de deflect away from the, the Black Lives Matter and the peaceful riots, okay? So uh, unfortunately, this lady's de uh, her tr tribute to her achievements and her legacy uh, has been the one thing that's going to turn us away from some divisive nonsense in our country. And it's not going to stop. There's people there mourning on the on the steps of the Supreme Court. Uh, these people are are at the moment peaceful, and it's not going to stay that way. As soon as they start pushing to uh, fill that seat and the Senate starts making vote, we're going to see uprise. Okay. Mark my words. You heard it here first. These people aren't going to let this ride. Okay. So that on that note, I'm going to sign off. I've got another interview. Uh, I've got a guest coming on. I got to record and get edited up. So, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, again, prayers go out to Ruth Ginberg's family. Um, it, it's a sad situation for our nation, sad situation for her family. We've lost a real, uh, a real uh, hero in, in the women's rights movement and, and overall in the Supreme Court. Um, just an amazing lady. Uh, so Dean Tedder signing off, Two Party Podcast. Two Party Podcast, we use Anchor because it's such an easy platform to uh, get get advertising and sponsors over a variety of different areas where you can get your podcast heard on different platforms. Uh, it's easy to upload. It's easy to add content. It's easy to delete and edit. Um, it's just a very simple platform. Helps you get your get off the ground. Kind of help you get your podcast moving forward. Um, and simplifies a lot of things in the business that that typically you wouldn't know and you'd have to learn. So it, it does help with the learning curve. So we we really appreciate and use Anchor uh, as well as. It's many other platforms we've tried. Anchor seems to be the easiest.